Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will continue along with our message titled, Love Will Keep Us Together. This was originally a three-message series, but for this podcast, we're making it one big, long message. This was a part of our broader Bear Fruit series that we're working through this year. The text for this message is just two short but powerful verses, Romans 12, verses 9 and 10. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there right now, and we will join in with Pastor Chuck. Now he moves us into these imperatives or these exhortations where we can begin to spread love. And the first place that he calls us to spread it is amongst one another. Is amongst one another. So now we move into verse 10. It says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I want to read this from the New King James. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. So here we start off here. We're going to take the first part of the verse. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honors. Okay? Bring back an English class in here for a minute. Love is the action. The subject is one another. How you do it is one, love one another with brotherly affection and showing honor. If you've ever studied Greek, what they'll show you is that it's not written traditionally as it's written for us in the English. In the English, we typically have subject, verb, object. In the Greek, we get verb, subject, then object. Why is that important to note? Because we got work to do. I'm just going to say it simple like that. We have work to do. There's action we're supposed to take. So here at Rebuild, we say it this way. We receive the good news of Jesus Christ, that great gospel, and there's a response to it. We respond to the good news. And so the Apostle Paul is breaking this down. In view of God's mercy, that great gospel, that you have received this great salvation online, family, here's how your life is supposed to look now. Because you live by the spirit now and not of the flesh. And so this is the fruit that we're supposed to be bearing in our lives. And this is how we glorify our father in heaven and so prove to be his disciples when we take this action. So he says, love one another with brotherly affection. The Greek word here, we, we looked at agape. That's, 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 one, that's one Greek word for love, agape. Now we're going to look at the, the next one, uh, phileo. And this word is, is rooted in the word where we get the name of the city Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. But then there's also, also in here, when you look at brotherly affection, there's also another word that the apostle uses here in Greek as well. And this, and kind of in this sentence, these two words become combined. In a sense, they become combined. You love your brothers, but you do it with an affection. Like you have like this, this, you, let me break this. So you have anybody in your life that you really just enjoy spending time with? It might be a friend, it might be a coworker, it might be a family member, you know, you go out somewhere, it might be your spouse, it might be, it might be your, it might be, but you have someone that whenever their name comes up on your phone, whenever you hear their name, whenever you think about their name, you just, I got to figure out how to spend more time with them. Anybody got that in your life? Well, I just want to see who I need to be praying for. 
<laughs> Some lonely people in the room. I don't know about you online family, I can't tell. But it was like eight hands that went up and I was like, man, this is a dark day, baby. We need to cut some more lights on around here. I don't know what's, I guess, I guess some people, I'm just tired of people. I'm just, just sick of everybody. So I'm like, let me, let me back up and figure, let me go back to verse nine again, let love, you know. I don't know how this is gonna work today, but I'm gonna try, Bri, I'm gonna try. So here it is, he says, watch this. So I have like this, I have like this insatiable desire to be connected to you. And I do it in a way, right, that, that, that is, that is, that is uh, 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 horizontally having an impact because I understand vertically what has been gifted to me. And I say, I love you with affection. Why? This is why, this is why the local church is so important. This is why it's so important. Because we have been created to be a family. So this is why you hear me say things like we're not just a church, we are a church, but we are also a love movement. We are supposed to be a family, and watch this, we're supposed to love one another. Have y'all noticed, for those that have been with me from the beginning, maybe join along the way, every month we have a one another of scripture. This is rooted out of John chapter 13. He says, listen, 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 by this, the world we know that we, the world would know that we are his disciples by how we love one another. It's one of the most, one of the most blessed evangelistic tools the Lord has given us is to put on display a glory that the outside world cannot comprehend. And so that's why in this context, I want us to be a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational church. Why? Because it puts a display of God's glory on, and when they look on us, they'll be like, how in the world do all those different types of people manage to live together and watch this love together? Because in view of God's mercy, I've been saved and redeemed by the blood of the land. My life is no longer my own. My life is now hidden with Christ. So this pushes up against the cultural narrative that we're supposed to stay separated. The biblical narrative says, listen, this reconciliation that Jesus provided us to the Father, it's also the same grace, the same mercy, the same love, the same truth that reconciles us one to another. This ain't the kind of preaching that's going to get you pretty a lot of members at your church. Because it's going to cause us to work. It's to take action. And because I have been given the spirit of the true and living God, my nature has changed. My affections, my desires, my way of thinking has changed. And so now I see you as a blood rush redeemed of the Lord. I should be excited to hug you. Excited to see you. Excited to praise God with you. Excited to serve you. Excited to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with you. Does that make us perfect? Absolutely not. But what it does show is that we've been purchased. 
and we're striving, we're growing towards perfection. How do I know? Because one of the most beautiful, powerful, conforming, challenging, convicting passages the Lord ever gave me, Jamasia, was in Matthew chapter 5. When I was going through a, a, a serious trial with a pastor friend of mine at the time that I was serving, and it got very contentious between us. And the Lord took me to Matthew chapter 5, and you said, you've heard it said before that you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, Jesus, in view of this mercy, but I say to you, here's your action because of your new nature. Remember what I did. But I say to you, love those that hate you. Bless those that curse you. And pray for those that despitefully use you. Why? I'm going to give you two examples. I'm going to give you a politician and I'm going to give you a tax collector. They do that. They don't do no different than you. He brought in, watch this, in society in that time, and probably still in this time, these are two one of the most hated career paths you could go down on. Be a politician and a tax collector. I don't like the IRS deal. I understand the purpose. I ain't fooling with them. And we understand about politicians, right? These are two of the examples. They were most hated in society then. Seems like they most hated in society now. So he uses them as example. If they can do it, what's your excuse? I've given you my spirit. And then he says this, Joy, something mind-blowing. Says, he says something mind-blowing. In two accounts, I believe, in Matthew, I believe he says perfect. In Luke, I believe he says merciful. So correct me on that, could be wrong. But here it says, here's the one I read when he got me on it. He says, so you'll be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. I wrestled with that thing for about three weeks. And I kept asking the Lord, he ain't say nothing. He stayed on mute for about three weeks. And I said, Lord, how in the world can I be perfect like you? You're the only perfect one. You're the only perfect king. You're the only perfect saint. You don't live the perfect and obedient life. He ain't say nothing joy for about three weeks. I promise you, I kept asking him almost every day. And then he spoke. And then he said, because by my grace, you'll be able to forgive without conditions, just like I did when I hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they knew not what they do. So whether they ever come back and say, I'm sorry, wherever they pay you that money back, wherever they acknowledge you, you can go before them just like I went before you and offer up mercy, offer up grace, offer up love, just like I did when I hung on Calvary's cross and said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That's why we need to have a renewed mind so we can know what to do. So he says, watch this. We are to be a family. It's important because to love one another with tender family affection among believers will witness to a lost and broken world to the truth that God is our heavenly father and he loves us beautifully and perfectly. We must remember that the church is not first and foremost a human organization. We are first and foremost the family of the true and living God. To be a believer, a disciple, a follower of Christ, better known as a Christian, means that you were born again a second time into the family of God. You were born the first time into an earthly family. You were born the second time into an eternal family. You were born into the second time into a human family, and now you've been born into a heavenly family. 
In other words, we're not the same. We're not the same. We're no longer the same anymore. And I've heard it said before, we're only as healthy or strong as our relationships. We're only as healthy or strong as our relationships. So this verse, my brothers and sisters, is the one that calls us into action to exercise love so that we may be healthy and strong in all of our ways for all of our days. Anybody willing to take on that action? It's hard. Oh, the, the lonely ones ain't raising their hand. God bless them. There we go. <laughs> we got to get some friends around here, baby. <laughs> folks, folks ain't got no friends. Can I get my towel now? I'm sweating like a little, uh, whatever. Somebody's sweating real bad. I don't, you know, sometimes, sometimes when it's hot and you're sweating real bad, you don't know what metaphor to use, what illustration. It's just hot. <laughs> Somebody help a brother out. <laughs> so, so there it is. So watch this. Here's another thing I want to show you. I just want to go on. Let me move on. Here's the thing. I want to, listen, I want, I want to point you something that Desmond Tutu said about this because we're supposed to move into maturity. He says this. Our maturity will be judged by how well we are able to, to, to agree to disagree and yet continue to love one another, to care for one another, and cherish one another, and seek the greater good of the other. When you begin to be filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and live out these action steps, these exhortations by the Spirit of God, then this will come into play. We will want to seek the greater good of one another. We'll want to cherish one another. We will want to care for one another. And we will want to continue to love one another. That's the goal. So here's five takeaways I want to give us from this ex exhortation. Five takeaways from this exhortation that love one another with brotherly affection. You ready? If you got a phone, pen, or whatever, once you jot them down, I'm going to put them on the screen for you. And I'm going to give you a scripture reference to go with it. Here we go. When we do this, when we love one another with brotherly affection, right, here's what's going to happen. It's going to honor and glorify God. It's going to honor and glorify God. Colossians 3, verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give it thanks to God the Father through him. When we do, when we work the word because the word works, when we do it his way so we can achieve and obtain his results, it's going to bring him honor and it's going to bring him glory. That's the first place I want to start as far as understanding of why taking this action to, uh, to love one another with brotherly affection and then to outdo one another in showing honor. What does that mean? That means this. When I ascribe honor to you, I forgot to tell y'all that part. When I ascribe honor to you, I'm esteeming you of high value of importance and when I'm letting love do its work in and through me I get competitive with you in a loving way in a loving holy way and now I want to outdo you anybody anybody watched the office before it probably be the same number of hands with friends anybody watched the office before remember Dwight and Andy remember they had this this day at the office where they were trying to outdo one another and showing honor and remember, it kept getting bad. It just kept getting progressively worse. And they kept, nobody pulled out the chair for them. They kept doing all this. Remember that episode? And so in like manner, watch this, in like manner, that's how we should be in the church. Oh, you done, oh, oh, you done took me out to eat? Oh, watch this. Okay. <laughs> oh, you want to call me up and check on me and say, hey, I miss you. Let me take you out to eat? Oh, watch this. Oh, you get ready to get another text and you get ready to cold call. And I'm going to go to a better restaurant. I'm going to take you to a better one. 
I'm a, if, I, if I gotta save up some coins, oh, 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 you only got one appetizer, I'm gonna get you two. Oh, 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 yeah, you, you wait on that. Oh, you got me, you got me a single burger with cheese. I'm gonna get you a double burger with cheese. I'll make, oh, oh, you got that little mini made lemonade. You got that one out there. Let me take you to this restaurant where they make that fresh press, where they put the sugar around the edge right there. And they got all that flavor. Anybody, uh, what type of church we got this morning? Anybody know that lemonade where they put the sugar around the edge right there for you? Or maybe, let me use JB. JB, I think JB gonna get with this. So JB, no. JB, no, the Bennington family, no. Don't try to one-up us with the Krispy Kreme ministry. They know at any given point in time, we'll ring that doorbell and say, look on your front porch. And there'd be a box of Krispy Kreme there. Am I lying, JB? They know what it is. And look, they're trying to get us back. They're trying to uh, show up one day with some Krispy Kreme. And I said, nah, uh-uh. You'll never take the lead in this Krispy Kreme ministry, baby. You'll never do it. What's, what, why does that matter? Because we love one another with brotherly affection. We understand that we've been saved and purchased by the blood of the Lamb. If we don't stay united, we don't stay connected, not just the world is, is coming for us, we have an enemy who's seeking whom he can devour. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck finishes up this long series of messages entitled, Love Will Keep Us Together. Thank you.